us and such an honor and um, such a privilege to serve, you know. Proverbs 31 says, this woman, her husband will be known in the gates. So you know why I'm doing what I'm doing? Because I have a wife that prays and declares and declares. Prays over me. Sets the order. And knows when to come home. Amen. I ran out of popcorn eh, for, din for dinner. I was like, who's making popcorn again for dinner? It is awesome. God is so good. But also, as Pastor Z was saying, to understand the times and the seasons and what Israel ought to do. As a man, as a woman, you need to understand the times and the seasons and what your family needs to do. Because there is a reason why you need to take some time out, rest, and move with God. Let's get into the word this morning. Father, we thank you for the anointing. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your people. Holy Spirit, make it real this morning. I'm so excited. I submit myself to you. You are the teacher. Come and teach us. Let them hear the voice behind my voice. But somebody is leaving this place this morning, empowered with an answer, with a fresh anointing, and our lives will never be the same again. And everybody agreed and said, amen, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And to my family from Rehoboth, Thank you for having us on your show. Please stand one more time and just give them a good kingdom life. Welcome. Come on. It's great to have you in the house this morning. It's a great honor to have you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. What an awesome time to be alive. What an awesome time to be alive. The title of my sermon this morning is From Glory to Glory. From glory to glory. I want to bring understanding before we really begin to preach this morning. And I want you to know this morning that there is a difference between the gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12. Second Corinthians 3 and verse 12 says, Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Verse 13. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded for until this day. Everybody say this day. This is Pentecost. So up until this day. It's really important. The same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, not just with Moses, but even to this day, that's telling us there's a separation between the old and the new, this Pentecost day. There's something that is different moving forward, and there's something different when you're looking back. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. So Pentecost is really the beginning of the church. The New Testament doesn't begin in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The New Testament really begins, the church began in the, in the book of Acts. It's the beginning. It's the beginning. You'd rather have a blank page between all the others to separate Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and in the book of Acts. Because this day is the game changer. This is the day that God promised when Adam lost it in the garden, when the Holy Spirit separated from Adam and he was naked. This is the day that is separate from any other day. It's the same reason why that you would have the whole world changed over 50 days. From Passover to Pentecost. 
It's 50 days. And you have the whole world changed to a point where you would even have years counted, counted before Christ. And then years counted after the death of Christ. B.C. A.D. Because these 50 days were the, was the game changer. So even to this day, even if somebody who is, when Moses is read, that means when the law is read, that means when the Old Testament is read, a veil lies on their heart. Whoever's reading it, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is lifted. It's taken away. Verse 17. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Come on, you, this is the first service. Did you eat something this morning? Is there freedom in this house? Come on, this is Pentecost. So, he's making a separation between even if you are reading the Bible and you're not saved, there's still a veil on your heart. You don't get understanding because you need God to reveal God. You need the Holy Spirit to explain the Holy Spirit. You must get saved. Because that's what the Bible says. But we all, are you saved? Say we all. With unveiled face. Because when you get saved, the veil's taken away. You're in Christ. Now the veil gets taken away. Now you can meditate. Now you can understand. Because I can't, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm giving you what the Holy Spirit is giving me, but the truth is that you need to hear the voice behind my voice. With unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror. So now he goes, he says, you are born again, but you're moving in a direction where you're beholding as in a mirror. The glory of the Lord. So the word of God is the mirror you look at every day. The mirror that you look at, you are now being transformed, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Just as by the spirit of the Lord. So number one is that you get born again this day. Now you get to understand the scripture. That means I now begin to look into the mirror of the word. And as I look into the mirror, I find my life transformed based upon what the word says. And it gets me to go from glory to glory. Who's doing the work? The Holy Spirit. So the spirit of God needs the word of God to make me like the Son of God. Because the Son of God must go from glory to glory. And I'm trying to build a case to help you understand the reason why you need the Holy Spirit. The importance of this day. Because you can't go from glory to glory unless the Spirit of God is on the inside of you. You can't go from glory to glory unless you're standing before the mirror of God's Word. And making adjustments. Come on, why do you stand in front of the mirror this morning? Because you looked at yourself, you're saying, but look, man, your hair's out of place. Just tell your neighbor, I see you didn't comb your hair. I'm kidding. The reason why you need be look be, beyond a natural mirror, the reason why you go to the Word of God is because there's thinking that does not align with God's Word, and I must make the adjustment because the mirror's not changing. I must change. I'm going to stand right here until that someone's, this is a wake-up message this morning. The reason why you get into, there's no other way you can change unless, I mean, we're changing every day because, you know, the constant for life is changed. But until you get into the Word of God, you can't begin to go from glory to glory. If you don't have the Word of God, you go from mess to another mess. The Word of God gets you to go from glory to glory. Oh, it's a better amen in the church this morning. And so what it does is that now, but we, 
all with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. God doesn't change, we must change. And we move from glory to glory just by, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the Spirit of the Lord is going to do the change in you, but you must look into the mirror, which is the Word of God, and that's how the man of God goes from glory to glory. That's really quite. And then the woman goes from glory to glory. Here is the day. It's called Pentecost. I get to look back and I begin to look forward because I'm sitting at a day like today where my life must change. This is Pentecost because this is the beginning of the church. This is the birthing of the church. And these cowards, these raw fishermen, these that were hiding on the day of Passover when it was the crucifixion, even after that, were hiding in rooms that Jesus had to appear to. The cowards. They were the same people that moved from being cowards to being courageous. Because of a day. Because of one day. So the gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom, please give it to me. Let me just give it to you so you can, you can check it. Luke chapter 4. I think it is verse 18, please. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So Jesus comes, the beginning of His earthly ministry, and He announces what it's about. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What is the acceptable year of the Lord? The year of Jubilee. Jubilee is not a once-off. Jubilee is your constant state. You are free. Come on, somebody. You're never going back into bondage again because you are in a constant place of Jubilee. Come on. You're not looking for a year, the 50th year. You're not even looking for the Sabbath. Because Jesus is your jubilee. Jesus is your Sabbath. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20. Then he closed the book. Because that was what his earthly ministry was all about. And so he's here to preach this good news. He's coming to tell all these captives. Now look where the message is pointing. Somebody who's oppressed. Somebody who's got a terrible past, somebody who's been caught in adultery, somebody who's messed up, somebody who's in bondage, somebody who's poor, someone's got no money, and he preaches to the person that's lost. That's what the salvation's all about. I'm standing as a minister of, of, of God, and when God called me, said to me, to you has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So I've been called to preach this kingdom message. When I stand and I preach, I've got to first speak to somebody who's on drugs, somebody who's addicted, somebody who comes in here that doesn't know God, somebody that doesn't know that they, they were born for a purpose, somebody who doesn't know the gospel, somebody who doesn't know the power of the cross. I've got to preach this and I've got to help you get up from there. But if you do not understand the gospel of the kingdom, the message of the kingdom, you then become the person we always have to run after. Because they're two different messages. Let me just give it to you, then I'll preach. Go with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Jesus gives his message in Luke chapter 4, and he tells you what he's come to do. He's come to seek and save that which is lost. They need, those that are well don't need a physician. He says, but... I've come here for these that need a physician. So he lifts you up through the gospel of grace. You understand the power of his word. I am now born again. It's now, is it 25 years later? I'm born again. The message of the kingdom changes 
quite a bit because Jesus is about to ascend. He drops a different message. The former account I made of Theophilus of all that Jesus began to both do and teach. Listen, he didn't even complain about the cross. You don't hear anywhere after the cross where he speaks about how bad you done, how you done me in, how you weren't there for me when I was praying. Peter, where were you? You got, you got such a big mouth. You, he, 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 he never complained about anything. He was just concerned about making sure they get the right message. Until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. So they don't know who they are. He calls them all as the disciples. And now they are converted into the apostles, the sent ones. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to what? The kingdom of God. Child of God. If all that you have heard is God's grace, all you do every single time is run back to your sin. If you've never heard the kingdom message, those were, on this day, there was a separation between what happened at Passover and what's happening now at Pentecost because the messages are different. So somebody would walk into the church and I'm preaching kingdom. They would say, well, this man doesn't preach about being, about, about being saved. My focus is mainly around the mysteries of the kingdom and how to establish a people. Because, you know, when, if, if you do not understand the power of the kingdom, you, you, you're like the prodigal who goes and sleeps with the pigs every single season. The reason why God had to save me and then call me to stay in the church every week and preach is because I was a proper sinner. Paul would say I was the chief sinner. They were very sad when I left. But God knew more than saving me, He had to empower me for the next level. This is Pentecost. And if you don't understand that, you end up being the one that we have to go and fetch every season from the pigs. There's one article that came out and this woman was explaining. She said, I'm 20 years saved. And you know, I've gone through a really tough, tough season. And I just stopped going to church. And then, I, you know, somebody came knocking on the door. It was Jehovah's Witnesses. And they really came to ask me about God and stuff like that. She says, but where are the Christians? I mean, the Christians should be the ones that should come and find out where we are. I'm saying after 20 years, we must still come fetch you. Why are you not fetching someone else? Why are you not being empowered enough with the Holy Ghost to go in and do what God called you to do? The reason why we must come and fetch you every season is because you're not doing what God told you to do. Because I am too busy with my father's business. I don't, I mean, even if I do sin, and even if I do fall, and even if I do make a mistake, listen to me, there's a difference between a pig and a son. When a pig falls in the mud, he enjoys it. When a son falls in the mud, he gets up and says, I must go home to my father's house. I must get washed off. I must be cleansed. I must come back to God. Is there anybody this morning that's going to say, I am not a pig. I'm a son in the house. And sons are led by the Spirit of God. I need a bigger shout and an amen in this church. We should be fetching other people, not coming back to fetch you. Nobody deserves to hear the, the gospel of salvation twice until the whole world has heard it at least once. I'm preaching better than what you're saying amen this morning. But I'm going to preach this word because there's a problem with the messages you're hearing. 
There's a problem with, oh, I just want to go serve the Joseph Prince because he speaks about grace, grace, grace. And it keeps you in your sin. The Holy Spirit's not going to leave you there. He's going to lift you up and say, hey, you promised the last time you're not going to do that anymore. Come on, let's get going with the assignment. Come on, let me empower you. Come on, let me put you the gifts on you. Come on, give you a vision for your life. Come on, get the power to move forward. But you cannot stay in your mess. Alrighty then. The reason why I need the cross and the power of the blood is because anytime I have a monitoring spirit coming that tells me and a familiar spirit about my past and reminds me about the mistakes I made and comes and wants to make sure that this stays in my memory, I can turn around and say, now you hear me. You foul, wicked spirit. I am the righteousness of God. I know who I am. I know what the blood has done for me. I know that I'm a new creation in Christ. I want the devil to know your, your plan stops now. You can't go any further because this is the day that the Lord has made. I am a new creation in Christ. I need somebody to give a good shout and an amen in this church and let the devil know his harassment ends today. The spirit of suicide, you end today in the name of Jesus. The power is in this place. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power for those who belong to Christ. There is power. I want the devil to know that <laughs> you shall receive power. Rebo shakandalaba. Then I say, they say, uh, oh, 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 oh. Uh, you see that? That's from the devil. How many years did we hear that? Before I was saved, I heard about that. The only person that will tell you tongues is from the devil is the devil. Because that's the way you have power over him. Let me say this to you in the, in the child of God. Hear me nicely. Hear me nicely. Your God, I'm sorry I sinned again. The devil just condemns you. Now you go back and that's why Jesus had to give the woman caught in adultery the gift of no condemnation. And he gave her the power to go and sin no more. Anytime you live in condemnation, the devil beats you over. You know God's going to forgive you. Just tell your neighbor, grow up, man. Because this is, you know the blood has cleansed you. You know you're the righteousness of God. You know you've been washed in his blood. The issue of sin has been dealt with. I need somebody to shout a better amen. What he doesn't want you to have is the power over him. And that's why you need Pentecost. If you keep rejecting the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues, you can never fulfill your destiny. Watch now. Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 1 and verse 3. We've read that. Acts chapter 1 verse 3. Now listen to where you're going. You, got, you are saved. Are you saved? Thank the Lord for your salvation. Here's your problem. You do not understand the power of the kingdom. Because only in the power of the kingdom do you go from glory to glory. You can't add to the finished work of but you can go from glory to glory when you receive the kingdom message. It's four chapters. If you want to study anything this week, go and study Acts chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4. Acts chapter 1 is the kingdom established. Jesus ascends. Acts chapter 2. Let's read from verse 1. Acts chapter 2 is power received. So chapter 1, kingdom established. The kingdom is here, sons. Go and operate with the anointing. Go and use the power of the Holy Ghost to bring in the kingdom wherever you go. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Next verse. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse, give me Acts chapter 3 verse 1. So Acts chapter 1, kingdom message is really sons. This is the demonstration of the kingdom of God. This is the way it operates. Number 2, go to Acts chapter 2. They go and meet in one place. The Holy Spirit comes because now you need the power that you need to operate in this kingdom. Acts chapter 3, the glory of God is now revealed. Watch. When Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, a certain man being lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom he had laid, who they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. He asked for alms and he got legs. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for arms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said to him, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting something to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. He was really saying, silver and gold you don't need. But that which is on me. The power that's on me is what you need. Stop looking for money. Start looking for the power that will lift you up. Come on, child of God. It is a new season that God is calling His sons and daughters to go and go and reveal, express the glory of God, the kingdom of God wherever you go. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but that which I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. The problem with being trained, listen to me, I'm saying this. Oh, Lord, help me now. I come from it. My Bible college, all of its training, all of its curricula was developed by teachers. Not apostles. There's no apostolic teaching. They don't tell you about the kingdom. Dr. Miles, when he looked at me, said, son, show me one, one place where they're teaching the kingdom. I couldn't find it. God had to pull me out, take me to Bahamas and Chicago, and hang around with kingdom people to understand and see how it actually works. Because Bible colleges are there to make everybody pastors and evangelists and teachers. But the apostles are sent ones. You are supposed to go into the education sector. You were supposed to go into media. You were supposed to go into government. You were supposed to run with business. But it must be done by the power of the Holy Ghost. So we taught you how to come to church. Oh, just make sure that they're okay. Oh, you know, you know, pastor, apostle, you know, the, 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 this guy again, you know, he's again stuck in there and and and. I'm like, so, so what? If this guy that is so stuck on as a drug addict, ask Brian. Going to church every week, but struggling with drugs. And he says, so I want what's on you. I said, then you have to leave that message as you've been receiving. That God's grace is going to really help me. Get busy with your assignment. That's the only way Brian could get off drugs. That's the only way you're going to get off your addiction. That's the only way you're going to come out of your mess. That's the reason why I told Craig, I said, Craig, you're saving grace, son. Stand in worship. And don't leave here because the devil is going to pull you right back into the old world. Now, you know that God is not, there's no condemnation. We know that. That's not the point. The point is to grow up and grab a hold of your assignment and say, Lord, I need a fresh anointing. What the world has done, please keep standing. I want to tell you this. I mean, my, look, my time's almost up. But yes, here's the deal. The world, the world keeps telling you just to come to church. I'm asking you to stand purposefully this morning. Because there is a gift. There is a purpose. There is God's plan. It's not the gospel just of being saved. It's this message of the kingdom that must empower you. The reason why I ask you to stand is because that's how you've been laying spiritually for the last 38 years. Silver and gold, I do have, you don't need it now. 
What you do need is that in the name of Jesus, you rise up this morning. You become what God has called you to be. Let the anointing fall upon you. Become what God has called you to do. Stop making an excuse for your son. Get busy with the Father's work. I need a bigger shout and an amen from this church. Please be seated. Acts chapter 3, the glory is revealed because Peter the coward can stand and tell this man, get out from where you are. He turns this whole, they turn the city upside down. And the problem with most people is that you don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here only for heaven's purpose and agenda. Not for your goosebumps. I was preaching last week. And the Lord gives word. I said, I cut off the spirit of suicide. A young lady in the service gets born again. One in service last week. And she comes forward. But the power of God present to break this girl, the spirit from this girl, harassing this girl for so many years. So you take your hands off her, you foul spirit. Because I'm releasing the glory of God in that place. So healing can flow. She was in prayers yesterday. She's lifting her hands this morning. Come on, somebody. Come on, daughter, stand. Let the, let the church know. You are free this morning in Jesus' name. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That spirit of suicide, those tormenting spirits, uh, that's monitoring spirits, those familiar spirits, uh, that spirits of depression breaks for your life forever. Let the devil know he can't come back to your home. He's not welcome back in your life. He cannot mess with your mind anymore. You're going to fulfill your destiny. Silver and gold you didn't ha need. What you needed was the power of God to break that yoke. Come on. Her Bible's open. She's praising the Lord. She's in the house of God. I need the church to begin to rejoice with us this morning. He cannot keep on harassing you, man. I told you this is the year that the devil, you're going to tell the devil no more. The devil is a bully, man. He's like that guy that was in, in the school, the bully, that had a list of all the names of all the people he can beat. And this one big guy was there, and they came to him and said, hey, man. As his friends came, he says, this guy that's the bully, he's got your name on his list. His list says he can beat whoever's on this list. He can hit them. He says, really? Goes to the bully, says, listen, bully, I heard my name's on your list. He says, yes. He says, you can't beat me. He says, okay, I'll take your name off the list. He's going to take your name off his list. Come on, somebody. He can't arrest you all your days. He can't mess with your destiny. Come on, say, devil, you're going to take your, my name off your list. And that database you had on me and my family, there's going to be a virus sent there this morning to deal with every familiar spirit, every monitoring spirit. It's going to let you go. I need a better shout and an amen in this church. Because this is the day. <laughs> I'm not that weak little, didn't know anything Christian that you saw 25 years ago. That harassed me with dreams that was tormenting. Thoughts that tormented me. I'm not that little kid anymore. You come and touch my house, you're going to pay for it. Because I know that there's a scripture called recompense. And that's not somebody with a big stomach. <laughs> no man, the, the other day as we were driving, coming to church and this guy was trying to exercise but he had a big top on you, it was really stretched and I said that's a word from the Lord we're in a season of recompense <laughs> sorry, this is Pentecost man they, were, they went crazy on the day of Pentecost Lift your hands and pray for the pastor. Say, Lord, send him on holiday. <laughs> the problem is with most people is that they don't understand 
that you keep acting like a sheep that can go astray. Now we must go and leave the 99 and come fetch the one. And the church is not kind. Oh, shut up. You need to understand that at some point, like the lion, that cub that grew up with sheep, they just found this lion cub and this farmer just kept him with the sheep. And he grew up that way. And then the roar in the jungle happened one day because the, the lion was there and everybody ran in, including this, lion, this little cub. They saw, they were all frightened because of this thing. And so the cub then goes and hides with the sheep. So one day he goes and he's in the water and he sees the same place he's seen before. And he runs and the shepherd's wondering, like, what is wrong? The farmer's saying, what's wrong with this cub? Because this sheep, so-called cub, didn't know that he actually wasn't a sheep, he was a lion. Some of you don't understand, this is the year of the roar. You are not just God's sheep when you get the kingdom message. For thine is the kingdom. That's the message. Then the power comes to extract glory for the kingdom of God. Locked up inside of you. When God, when you got saved, God made a deposit inside of you. It's called this message of salvation. The kingdom makes a demand on it. Because it's in you. The kingdom, don't say, lawyer, where's the kingdom? The kingdom is in you. So everything that you need to live a life of victory is inside of you. Everything that you need to live a life of victory is inside of you. I'm going to say it one more time. Everything that you need to live a life of victory is inside of you. I'm going to give you something that's going to really shock you this morning. I mean, I sat and I had to think twice about this thing. I was like, okay, God. All right. Somebody say, we need a God. Now say, we need a devil. <laughs> I'm going to try one more time. Say, I need a God. And I need a devil. <laughs> That's tough, eh? That's tough to say. I'm going to say it one more time. You need a God. And I need a devil. It's like no way. Behold, I've created the blacksmith to destroy. To blow coals in your fire. But no weapon. <laughs> formed against you shall prosper. So, yes, Paul, who is writing almost two-thirds of the New Testament, not the most content, the most volume he didn't write, but this is what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 17. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, you can get into a place of where the revelations is pouring so much. Paul did. And lest he becomes proud and arrogant because of the things that God is doing in and through his life. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. Everybody say, I need a devil. You're not going to hear me. You're not, you, you, like some of you are like, I'm not going to. Paul says, a thorn in the flesh. I'm trying to help somebody because I want you to shift out of just living with this message of salvation and grace helping you to understand the power of the kingdom. Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me. Lest I become arrogant above measure. You don't understand what it takes to get revelation from the Lord and then walk out here and thinking like, you got it together. Monday morning at Devil Sam here to remind you that you are flesh. Everybody say, I need a devil. You, so it's getting a little better. It's getting a little better. 
concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might, be, it might depart from me. Therefore, listen to Paul. I take pleasure in what the devil's doing. In what? God doesn't give infirmities, in reproaches, in needs. God wants to supply your every need. Persecutions. Paul says, I'm getting happy. Somebody say, I need a devil. <laughs> in distresses. He says, I'm taking pleasure in this. For when I am, come on, read with me. Then I am strong. Somebody say, I need a devil. Now I'm going to explain to you why you need a devil. Number one, and why I'm making a case for Pentecost. And we're going to wrap it up. Number one is that if you had no infirmity, if you had no reproach, if you had no need, if you were not in persecution right now, if you weren't in distress right now, you wouldn't call upon God. You wouldn't need God. Someone say, I need a devil. No, your wife's not the devil. I'm just saying you need a devil. You do need a devil. Give me another, another reason. Number one is that you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't pray. But let's be honest. If you had every need supplied, if you had no sickness in your body, if your bank accounts were full, if there was peace in your home, if there was security in your home, if you had no need, you wouldn't call on God. Why would I pray? Why would I call on God? There's got to be a devil in your life. The devil never made himself. God made the devil. Listen to me. The lake of fire. The devil never made. God made it. What's he doing? He's jerking the slack out of mankind. Number one is that you wouldn't call on God. Number two. You wouldn't need to study or get understanding and find a better way of living. If you never had a devil that comes to mess with you every morning, if you never had, if you never had, if you never had a need, if you, if you knew exactly where your job was tomorrow and they fired you here and you could just get, pick up money everywhere and eat every day and, and, and have no need, you wouldn't need to go and search the scriptures. You wouldn't need to get understanding. Somebody say, I need a devil. You're not hearing me because the devil's gonna is going to make sure you get disciplined. Number three, that's my point, is that you would never need to discipline your life if there was no devil. I want you to think about that this morning. This is Pentecost. You wouldn't ever need to go and actually get up and say, you know what? I can't eat McDonald's every day. I've got to get onto the road because if I don't, I'm going to die without receiving my recompense. Number four. You know, when people are, you, you watch the reason why you need a church. I needed the church for me. Because my lifestyle, I mean, it was messed up. I love coming to church. But when I started, I didn't enjoy it. But it's going to take a discipline. It meant my whole life had to change. Saturday nights would only find me one place. In the presence of God. And praying and preparing for you Sunday morning. I need the discipline. I have no other option. The problem with you, why you go back into sin, is because you have options. When you have no option. My family's in trouble. I got no money. I feel sick in my body. I feel I've been attacked the whole night. Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, I walk up here. Brian says, well, you're preaching again. Rabba, shakandalaba, something better happened this morning. Number four, if you had no devil, you wouldn't discover who you really, really are. I was this timid little guy that just like, you know, ah, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Until I understood and said, devil, you're going to pay back all the years 
according to scripture. I am not this timid little boy anymore. Come on, ladies, give a good shout. Say, I know who I am. I've discovered there's power in the name of Jesus. I've discovered the power of the Holy Ghost upon my life. I've discovered that there was a day called Pentecost. Number five, if there was no devil, you wouldn't know what the power of God could do in you. The reason why you need resistance, the reason why you need pressure from the devil, the reason all of that builds discipline, all of that builds understanding, all of that shows you who you really are. So you can stand up and say, not here today. You're not, get, not now, not today, not this week, not this month. I'm done with this devil. Come on, somebody. You can't monitor me anymore. You can't mess with my children anymore. You can't mess with my money anymore. Ronaldo, even as a businessman, it is needed because it gets you to discipline your life. You can't just take the credit card and go and swipe every time because when God blesses you in one season, He's now going to teach you discipline of how to manage what you put in your hand. Now you can't, the wife take and say, oh, that money came in. Give me the card. Chick, chick, chick. Swipes. No, 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 no. Honey, we're going to need some discipline here. You need to know what we are dealing with. That devil's going to put us on pressure for the next deal. And until we begin to manage our lives, the devil come, can't mess with my life anymore. Come on, somebody. You need to understand ebbs and flows. You need to understand seasons. Let me end. It was my trouble that got me more discipline. It was my fight that said I need the Holy Spirit. It was when I didn't know which way to go. The devil will push you into your destiny. And the reason why you need to celebrate your enemies is because your friends will not tell you where you sow ill discipline. But your friends, your, your enemies don't care. They'll drag you to courts. They'll mess your name. They'll, what, are they, what is that enemy trying to do? God's using that to discipline you. And saying, I need to get my house in order. I need to speak right. When I'm dealing with infirmity, what is that? That's a kingdom message. Because I have a kingdom understanding, I now receive the power. And wherever I go, I manifest it. Please get rid of the ignorance. Because you saved me. What God is calling for now is what he deposited inside of you to now manifest his glory wherever you go. Give you a final scripture. One of the youngsters in the ministry sent it through. He put it on his social media page and I thought, ah, this is really powerful. Psalms 84 verse 11. For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and the glory of God is to manifest His presence in your life. The grace was for your salvation. The glory is because you are in His kingdom. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. So He's saying the Holy Spirit comes to rest in us. He begins to indwell us, and because of his indwelling presence, we are then endowed first with grace. This grace is invisible, enabling power that works inside of us and behind the scenes in our lives, which opens doors and creates the conditions and flow of favor, and the enabling power of God that allows us to bring to pass what he has called and purposed us to do. So he empowers you. Then we're endowed with glory. What is the glory about? Bring the worship team up. It is the invisible. It is the visible. That what which is invisible done inside of you becomes visible in the kingdom. Listen to what I say. The grace that was deposited on the inside of you that was invisible becomes visible in the kingdom. Because now I can say silver and gold I don't have, but what you need, here comes the power. The glory which is visible and tangible evidence 
that the church and the world can see because now your gift must make room for you. Now the world begins to express who you really are and show you who you really are. This outward manifestation of His glory is given so that we can draw the world into the Lordship of Jesus Christ. From today, as you stand to your feet, there's going to be a release in this atmosphere. You are saved. That's beautiful. But He's got to give you the tools and empower you. You shall receive power. The spiritual realm does not respect, doesn't know nice. Demons don't know nice. They understand power. You shall receive power. That things begin to manifest in the earth. Over your money, over your body, over your children, over your family. Because that's the culture of the kingdom. That everybody under the sound of my voice, your life, your new life in Christ, you now develop a stronghold and an understanding of the kingdom of God wherever you go. For the kingdom does not only come in word, it comes with power. Because the kingdom suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force. You are in a kingdom that's unshakable and uncursable and unstoppable. You've come into a new season. And I've come to let you know that if there is any kind of damage, any kind of financial lack, stop begging God. Start commanding things. Because kings decree. I can decree that this is a season of the suddenlies. That in the next 48 hours, something's going to shift in your life. Come on, somebody. There's going to be a breakthrough for somebody in this place. Healing is your portion. When we have an environment, a culture, imagine all of us. We just come into agreement right now. So you have a report that there's something happening in your body, but you walk in under this environment, this atmosphere, this stronghold, this culture. And as you walk through the door, healing flows. Because the people are all in one accord. And the Spirit of God can come. Whatever you need is this morning. Healing. Whatever pressure you've been under. Distress. Infirmity. Whatever you've been under. We are going to boast in Christ. For when you are weak, then you are strong. Something's going to happen in this place. Spirit of the living God, I'm now calling that you would minister to everybody. Sweep every aisle. Touch everybody under the sound of my voice. Father, as we're in agreement this morning, we are not just here to preach the kingdom. We're not just here to receive the power. We're here to release it into the atmosphere over every gift. Visions and dreams are coming to the sons and daughters. Hope power, love, your grace, the anointing, all working in this moment. Lift your hands and lift them high. Move Holy Spirit.